Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, and welcome to day three of the ASOS panel talks at Graduate Fashion Week. Um, I'm Danielle Rodeutchen, the editor of ASOS Likes. Um, and on today's panel, we have Phoebe Lettis Thompson, who's the creative director at Illustrated People, Ted Stansfield, who's um, fashion writer at Dazed, and Lottie Anderson, who's an artist and art director. I'd like to start um, by asking you guys if you can tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. So I am creative director at uh, East London label Illustrated People that's been around for 13 years, Um, mainly was t-shirts for years and then I came on board about three years ago to take it into a more collection like based uh, label. Uh, What were you doing before you did that? Oh, so before that I was working at various magazines from Tatler, Wonderland, Condé Nast, um, assisting various different stylists and then photographing as well on the side and then I got offered to do a a collaboration with Illustrator People which then led to my uh, title there I guess that's kind of what I did Ted how about you what's your name where'd you come from (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Ted Um, yeah and so as Danielle said I'm a fashion writer at Dazed um, I started at Dazed about a year ago, and before that I was working for a magazine called Ten and Ten Men, um, and before that I interned with Danielle, um, and before that I was doing a degree in history of art, um, and I modelled alongside of that, which kind of was my way in, and yeah, fun fact. Also, I forgot to say at the beginning, actually, that the um, subject of today's talk is young fashion creatives doing it for themselves. So that is what we're going to be talking about today. Lottie, how about you? Hi. (laughs) My name's Lottie Anderson. I am an art director and an artist. So art director is quite an interesting term because it covers a lot of bases. So you can go from graphics to working on set to kind of overseeing even like the casting working with a stylist to make imagery which could be for campaigns or for magazines um i came to that from working really making collage for a party that i was doing called maxilla um and before that i studied fashion at kingston which i'm very proud of i feel like you guys have all arrived at where you are now in quite a roundabout way Um, and I was wondering if you always had in mind a sort of end goal um, or if you were just following opportunities as they arose. Like a bit of both I think I always knew that I wanted to work in fashion, I wanted to make these images in Vogue or in ID or wherever but I just didn't really know how to make them so it took a lot of um, asking people, trial and ever, doing doing a bit of both and then um, I guess yeah, figuring out more experience, the better, I guess. It's sort of figuring out as you went along. Yeah, it's like um, evolved what I wanted to do. Yeah, it's kind of. Would you say that's been the same for you? Yeah, I, I think I, 
I always knew that I had very strong ideas about uh, about aesthetics and the ways that and ideas really, and it didn't really matter what the medium was, um, so long as. I could get across what I wanted to say. So when I was doing fashion, I was very interested in textiles and gender. So I then actually went on to work in menswear for a while. But it kind of all trickles down. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think it, for me it was definitely a combination. I was studying history of art and so predominantly um, reading and writing about art. Um, but through modelling and uh, reading fashion magazines, I just found fashion a much more engaging topic. Um, and so moved but then, but then even when I was interning I kind of thought I wanted to style and I wasn't sure if I wanted to write or style but I think the more I did a bit of experience in styling and just thought this isn't me and this is <laughs> not and then you when I wrote it, it. Kind of, yeah I think I kind of think about things rather than create images and I think that translates to writing um, so yeah Was the modelling a way of supporting yourself financially because that was kind of going to be my next question kind of how you know doing internships is all well and good but obviously you have to survive how to support yourself um i think no i think it was good extra money but if you ask most so there's two types of male models one's you have the commercial models who like the colgate boys who like turned and like classically good looking and then you have like the skinny weird looking kids and i fell into the latter bracket and we those guys those don't ones. do don't do very many don't make nearly as much money so kind of catwalks <laughs> and editorial and I was in days and things like that, and editorial work doesn't pay at all. Um, and so, yeah, the money's not as good as it's cracked up to be. Um, but, yeah, so a bit of extra money, but it didn't... Yeah. I think you just have to get paid work on the side. That's what I did. I just worked at the weekends and in the evenings while I was interning. Um, it's, it's just you have to do it, I think. It just, I think because if you love something that much, you should be really excited by being there and learning, like I was. Um, so sort of stick to your guns. Yeah, totally. Do it. I mean, if it really, if you really, really hate it, then obviously you're in the wrong place. But um, hopefully, the experience you're learning and the things you're doing, and the situations you're getting yourself into, um, are way more exciting than you know just having to, working a bar job. Just seems like you know just something you just have to do. What about? Um, networking and trying to build some kind of contacts list as a way of getting a foothold in the industry did you guys consciously work on meeting people, contacting them, cold emailing I I didn't I've always been I really strongly think that it's really great to work with your peers I think it's really interesting now what you've got are these little pockets of people and of friend groups and you get a kind of common voice and a common aesthetic and to build that separately and then come into a creative arena then you have a lot to say and I think that with the internet you guys all communicate we all communicate so quickly and so easily it's important to do that it's natural yeah totally I think um, if you have any kind of uh, loose contact to initially getting in, even if I think it's more relevant to people that maybe didn't study fashion and then wanted to get into maybe working at a magazine or uh, working for a stylist for the first time, try and use any kind of random contact that you can um, to help you do that. But like Lottie said, I think that is the best way of doing it. I would, that's what I would do. 
Well, how about, for example, when you got your magazine internships that you were talking about, did people help you get those or did you just apply, just cold um, email people? Oh, when, I was, um, when I was 15, I used to intern at Bruce Oldfields during the summer holidays. So doing that, um, they then put me in contact with like, the first magazine I worked at, which was like House and Garden or something, and then went to a fas- finally went to a fashion one. So, yeah, I guess that's how I got into it. Ted, how important do you think networking is? Or how has it helped you? I mean, I find the word networking kind of makes my skin crawl a bit because it feels so, like, transactional. It is cringe. And what, it is is, a, what is a better way of saying it? I do believe in <laughs> investing in friendships. I'd put that, it like that. Okay, that, like, that's and a I lot think, better. It, <laughs> no, but it's not. Life lesson. Like, a lot of the people that I work with now and have worked with, I've had a genuine friendship with, and there's been a real like-mindedness. Um, and so it's not like, I want to get your email so that I can pitch to you. It's kind of like, we're really like-minded. Let's do stuff together. Um, and my, my closest colleague at Dazed, we were like really good friends before. And then she roped me in. Um, and we're completely on the page, same page for everything. We've barely had an argument ever. And I think that's really kind of shaped our editorial um, kind of voice and what we do within fashion on Dazed. I don't think it's as simple as just knowing someone and knowing what whatever they do for a living. I think it's really important, as Ted says, to have a common creative language. And therefore, you know, I know, for example, that it's my work is maybe better suited to that brand or that ma- this a particular magazine rather than just going, oh, Vogue or, oh, ID. It's, it's, I think you match, you match whatever you're doing with who you're trying to get involved with. And I think now you can see very quickly who your kind of tribe team Workforce are. So, do you think it's more about peer groups online through social media and that kind of thing? I think it's about personal uh, relationships. So, you always want to help your friends out more than anything because you also know, hopefully, what they're like in their work relationship, what their work world as well. I do. Like, anyway, I've had loads of friends that will help each other out. Just what Lottie was saying. Yeah, basically. And I think there's a lot to be said for like going out as well, in that I know that... <laughs> bear with yes, me, but... what do you want to say um, about... Jefferson Hack, who founded Dazed back in, like, 1991, every, he said that everyone he met, he met in a nightclub. Um, and I kind of think that there's a lot to be said for that and that a lot of the people that I've met and worked with at On Work Outside Dazed, it has been through going out and kind of finding a common ground and, you know... You, you That's know? kind of what you did as a bit, Lottie, isn't it? Yeah, I, I threw part when I Club left. Kid. <laughs> it's funny, I'm a bit of a granny actually, but I threw parties and I wanted to create an atmosphere where all of my friends who happened to also be creative could come and invite their friends and socialise and let their hair down. And just as Ted said, this whole thing about networking, it can make you feel a bit icky, but actually when you're all having a laugh, it, it totally falls down. And then, you know, you, you just don't know who you might meet. And I was really interested in this kind of like high, high low. So you've got, you know, someone incredibly important talking to a student or w- whatever it might be. And that conversation, f- to facilitate that or to, is, is a really great thing. Because we're all people. And I think the really interesting thing now about the way that we work is there's this kind of... Uh, it's like the older generation kind of need the younger one and the younger one kind of... You all need something from the other because you're all technically really savvy. My dad isn't, but maybe he's like really good at writing music or something quite classical. And it feeds. And that conversation is really exciting now, I think. So what about if you have 
got some opportunity to pitch something or someone's interested in your work because they've seen it on your website or your Instagram account or whatever. Um, how do you get people to buy into your vision, Phoebe? I guess you really have to believe it in your believe it yourself. Um, I I just keep going at it. I just put it out there and just really, really drive it. If you really believe in it yourself and really get behind it, people will notice it. I, I think anyway. Where do you? How? What are your inspirations? You know, your aesthetic. You've got a quite particular aesthetic. Do you talk about that when you meet people? And do you explain what it's all about? When I meet people, um, so like buyers or... Yeah, if someone says, I would love to hire you for your, to be a creative, creative director on this project, oh, do you yeah. then have to go and present to them what you do? Of course, yeah. I'd, I'd go with the portfolio and I'd probably take all the best, um, best pieces from each season. Um, I'd go in with a plan of what I'd want to do um, with their particular brand, um, a rough strategy. Um, and all the people that I would like to collaborate their brand with and who I'd like to align their brand with um, and where I see them in five years. That's kind of how I'd start planning if I was um, maybe just going to consult for another brand. Is that what you do, Lottie? When you're, cause I know, for example, you did something for yeah. Stella McCartney's Adidas. Like it was a zine? Yeah, so I, um, I, was, a, I was throwing these parties and then I was approached by the Stella McCartney team to, who were launching a new label called Stella Sport with Adidas. And they wanted a very authentic, I guess, voice and uh, aesthetic. And yeah, I mean, it was a funny thing because they... I didn't have to pitch so much because they kind of found found me and I because it was one of those things where it, yeah so yeah I, I didn't really have to pitch for it but now certainly you go in exactly as Phoebe says with your portfolio and you do the research for you know what you want to do with something and yeah and start to go after brands as well that you think fit you, fit you you know if you think that you can really do something to a brand or um, a, any kind of thing how would you, you would go like about doing with? that um hunt them down, um, find, them on, find their contact, how a fashion monitor, however, ask your, ask your close group of friends that you've all met in nightclubs, and then um, <laughs> I just guess approach them and uh, approach them. Um, but yeah, no, don't be too pushy. I mean, Have you found yeah. that you've got work through pitching people like that? Uh, not yet, but I'm going to start, that's something I'm going to start doing, yeah. Do you guys have web, a website to represent your work? trying to build on at the moment web Same. web you're building it yourself so many no you i tried I, i've got I, I hunted down this guy uh in germany who's currently building a website but it's strange it's not for me it's for a platform that i've been wanting to do for years but yeah he's in germany that's quite specific <laughs> they're all over the place like you we've got our web yeah. guy for illustrator people in canada it's a nightmare <laughs> it's a time viber, like why can't I get this web order out? Like, <laughs> um, what um, social media? How much do you guys use that to promote yourselves or attract work? Ted, do you, do you spend your time build, trying to build <laughs> build a following of some kind in the hope of attracting freelance commissions or anything like that? Um, no. Or is it not about that? I I don't know. I think there's definitely a place for it, and I think definitely when I'm um, researching designers to feature or um, looking at writers, I'll definitely look at their social media accounts. Um, personally, I'm quite private and find social media. I don't know. I'm quite. I, 
I feel like there's a place for mystery nowadays. <laughs> and I feel like... That's something I don't know, that keeps I think, coming up a lot, actually, at the I, moment. This overexposure, right? I, yeah. I just don't like it, and it's not very me. And I think fashion's actually coming to a bit of a um, crossroads with it. I think you have designers who are really starting to... And, designers and brands that are really starting to rein things in and keep a bit of the mystery. Can, is um, anyone in particular you're thinking of? Or is it um, like a general who, I mean, quite a lot. I mean, someone like Craig Green or, you know, I find Nazir Mazar or, um, or even look, look at Vetements. They're completely anonymous. Um, and I think there's that really, the fact that Vetements, obviously everyone's talking about them at the moment, but the fact that they're, they're an anonymous collective, it does in this kind of area of, you know, your Olivia Roastangs and your um, Ricardo Tissues, who are also so, you know, they've got millions of followers posting every day. Well, I, think I think there's a bit of a draw. Yeah, I think with Vestemont, you do have the presence of, like, stylists like Lotta, who obviously represent, is almost like the face of it. And she seems to have a very large and engaged sure. community following her. So it's maybe a different way of going I think about it's just it. What, yeah. I think there's just two ways, two different ways to do it, and I think people are choosing one or the other. Also, back then, um, I guess social media is such a new thing. They have, they've had that mystery for years, and they've, people have been wondering about them, and now they probably feel like a bit, like, fuck it, a bit, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's my turn. Yeah. I think that happened with Supreme. You know, they existed for years and years and years. You could only buy it in Tokyo. You could only buy it in New York. It was a tiny shop, and then suddenly you've got Odd Future wearing it. Five years ago, boom, every kid in the world's wearing it. I mean, it's like marketing genius. How like, did they do that? I still they just don't just keep understand. it small. I think that that's that's where everything is going to go again. It's like, you know, it makes sense that something like Vetmont comes up. It like looks like a version of Margiela, essentially. But they, yeah, they have these kind of celebrity hipster. I'm going to be quiet now. Very select and they just keep it. So what for, for most people then, if, if you're not a brand or you're trying to get yourself established, what's it's quite hard to what's that line that you need to tread between self-promotion but not overdoing it. I think it's like just being true to yourself. That sounds so cringe, but like, so I'm not. I'm not a very public person, so I'm not going to ex- overexpose myself. Some people that like Lotta, Lotta Buckover, that is what she does. Some of my some of my colleagues or friends, like our art direct, our art editor at Days, she she does social media a lot. That's her. So I think it's just when it's a bit contrived. I think that's when the issue is. Do you guys use other platforms other than, than Instagram? Oh, trying to get illustrated people on Snapchat's nightmare. I don't want to do that either. I'm just, it's, I'm learning about it. I've got these girls in my studio who are trying to teach me um, because I feel for a brand um, that's our price point and who our girl is. She is on Snapchat, so that's something I'm working on. Twitter, we don't, we use, um, we have the same content on Twitter and Facebook mainly. Because um, actually, Phoebe, I feel like you're on a lot of platforms a lot I mean, it's quite amazing you're really prolific oh god I used to do my emails on the overground now I just do social media for illustrated people and um, myself obviously but um, <laughs> that yeah it does take over your life but um, you just got to keep going on it it's obviously working our numbers are going up and our sales are going up um, at the same time so yeah so do you have separate accounts for um, illustrated people and your personal accounts yeah. Or is, yeah. yeah so I took on illustrated people's account when I joined um, just to try and grow the numbers and actually give them an identity. So, yeah, I just do brand and then I just have my own stuff separately. Sometimes there's a crossover, if it's particularly good. Do you have to do a lot of social media stuff at Dazed? Um, yes and no. So I do contribute to the Dazed Fashion. We've launched a Dazed Fashion account. 
um, follow us. And then, uh, are you talking about? Yes, I follow you. Yeah, we hit hundred thousand last week. We're happy. Sorry, you're talking about Instagram. I am, yeah. yeah. Um, And I do a bit of day's fashion Twitter and a bit of Snapchat, but I don't do that much. Um, But I think quite a lot. But yeah, but I don't. mm. But I think what I would say though is that um, when I'm writing, I always bear in mind social media and what people, you know, I'm kind of thinking like what my writing is or what's going to relate to people on what platform and like what's going to do well because the reality is nowadays with digital publishing if it's not going to fly on social media it's not going to fly and so it's something that we always have to think about so I think we are it's almost a social media first kind of editorial strategy does that affect your writing I mean do you write something separate for the site to social or Um, we have different headlines that we use um, but no, but I think it's just, I mean, we do, so we do things now called like dazed Insta stories um, where we do, um, I'll do a story, but then we put it, the whole text on Instagram because we just find that a lot of people, you know, that's, that's people, that's how people read nowadays. They just yeah. scroll. And so we want to kind of just not kind of reject that, but really like that's how people are consuming um, our media nowadays. So embrace Bite it. Bite size. Bite size. Yeah. And being snappy and being like, you know, people don't want to be bored they want to be entertained and engaged and I think it's bearing th- those sort of things in mind what other accounts or not just social media accounts obviously but other things people or titles do you guys like to read yourself for your own enjoyment either for work or just inspiration I am biased a bit but Refinery29 <laughs> is um Oh, I've got friends there, but um, <laughs> it, is re- it is it is really, 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 really good platform, and they have such interesting, relevant content to my demographic. I, I just I find most pretty much ninety five percent of it all applies to me, and I I love it. Yeah, I, I read dazed. <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> I read. I, but yeah, again, I have friends at it too. But maybe that's what we're going back to, where like you have your peers and you know what you like, and they do it, and there's a kind of mutual conversation going on there. Also, the other thing I do, which is quite a bizarre one, is I watch. Um, I'll get in the bath and I watch like YouTube documentaries from like the 60s. You know, like Channel How do you Four. Do that in the bath? You just put it in. Wouldn't you just stick but it on the loo? You got. A, I was like, have you got a screen in your. In your <laughs> you at just the stick end your, your computer on the loo. And then, like this week, I watched like Lee Miller, Diane Arbus. Uh, I have like favourites that I go back to of women or Le Boozy or people's careers that I find really fascinating because there's something in that that I don't know. It's a, it's different. It's a different way of consuming media, and it kind of washes over you. Uh, for me, there's like partic- not so much magazines, but there's some writers that I really follow. Um, so anything Vanessa Friedman writes, I'm, I'll just kind of read. Or So she's the uh, she's fashion the critic for the New York, York Times. Times yeah. um, and then Alex Fury, I've got a huge amount of respect for. Yeah. So um, he writes for the Independent. Although not anymore. Right? No. Last week. Oh, Did as he? of last week. Yeah. There was a cryptic but he's on tweet. Twitter, so you can find him out. Twitter, yeah. His Twitter's great. He's really good. Um, and then I really like kind of because day is just so kind of immediate and a lot of digital publishing is I really like kind of really glossy biennials that are really like, like, like I was reading Sister Magazine at the moment and I love that and Noon Magazine is a really nice biennial um, so it's magazines like that which is nice Nude Noon New and Noon New and, sis- and System was the Noon other Noonday Oh, okay. <laughs> and what was the other one you mentioned? Um, System Magazine System. Yeah. And this is a really, I was reading it last night and it's just so beautiful and yeah, yeah. Very good um, and finally, we're going to go to questions in a minute, but um, what's next for you guys in terms of careers? Do you have projects in the pipeline? 
um, just carrying on building up illustrated people, uh, getting us into more stores uh, globally. We've got another Ed Hardy collaboration coming up, which is exclusive for Selfridges, which I'm really excited for. Um, just expanding and uh, working on illustrated people. Um, staying at days for the moment, trying to work hard. Do you freelance um, on top of that? I do a bit, um, yeah. So I do a bit of men's work. I've been doing a bit of men's work consulting recently. Um, There's a brand that I was working with, trying to poke them in the right direction. And then I did a bit for Vogue China last month. No um, more modelling, though. No more modelling. Oh, sadly. I've retired. <laughs> <laughs> the models cancelled Ted. <laughs> Thank goodness, no. Um, and, yeah, and I do a bit for um, SSAW magazine, which is really beautiful magazine that I like. But, yeah, apart from that. And do, do you go and pitch to them? Um, they come to me usually. And I think um, some people I've been kind of working with a bit now or there's friends that I've made. And I think I'm, because days is really, really full on, I don't really have much brain left, that I'm quite selective in what I do now. So I have to like pay well or I have to be like really invested in what the magazine is about. Um, I am working on an event called Weird Sex about gender and sexuality at weird uh, no where is it bold tendencies the car park in peckham on the 18th of june and film coming out on days next week can, can anyone go to that anyone can go yeah. to that and it's free and amazing mm. people are doing it like matthew stone phoebe collings james um i can't remember james messiah just brilliant young people doing things at the moment and then what yeah the film for you guys is coming out next week and then my first show in September, which you can all come to, which will be mental. Where's that? That's going to be in Haggerston. And, but you, if you follow me, I guess you can find the address because I'm not putting it up yet. Sounds good. All right. Let's take some questions. We've got five minutes. Hello. Hi. Did any of you go to uni and did you do degrees that were relevant to what you're doing now? Did it like shape what you're doing now in any way? Uh, yeah, I did photography at Brighton. And I shoot all of Illustrated People's uh, content, so yeah, it's helped a lot. Saves us a lot of money. Um, I did History of Art, which wasn't fashion related, but it did give me a kind of real framework to think about things um, and to write. Um, so there wasn't direct, and it gave me a very good kind of visual reference. So learning a lot about art and photography really helped, but not directly fashion related. I studied fashion at Kingston, which was a funny fit, but the most amazing trend projects which then led me on to do what I do now you do kind of everything with fashion which is great any more questions um, so look, we're here in London and I just wondered what you thought made London such an exciting place to be as a young creative right now um, and then secondly if there was another city in the world that you could live in and work where would it be God, I'm going to be quite boring and say New York or Miami just for a bit. I just went there recently. It's it's just incredible the architecture and all the all the just all the people that actually live there. Um, their outfits. I just found it really inspiring. Um, why I think London is. Did you say good for being a young creative? Uh, it's culturally diverse. It's full of other creative people from all around the world. Um, it's a like fashion capital. If we stay in the EU. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I didn't even bring that one up. I think, yeah, the diversity, but I think what the diversity does is it means that everyone, you know, you get used to lots of different kinds of people, which I think in turn for fashion makes it very interesting because people are very tolerant and open-minded. And so I think men in London are probably 
the kind of, particularly in menswear, men are some of the open, most open-minded dressers in the world. And I think even kind of other cosmopolitan places like New York or um, Paris, men, are, men dress so much more conservatively. So I, I really enjoy London because I'm like, you can, there's a real freedom to kind of within, to be a man and wear what you want. Um, and in terms of other cities, um, I used to live in Hong Kong, so maybe there. But um, maybe Paris. I like Paris and it's got good stuff going on at the moment. We have the most amazing art schools in the world here. I think I will have to echo everything these two have said yeah. and maybe also Paris. Yeah. Are there any more questions? I forgot to say I'm opening a shop as well in a month. <laughs> oh <laughs> Just forgot God. about that. Oh, and pop up, pop up. Where? Around the corner from here. It's on Dre Walk opposite Rough Trade. I mean, it pretty much should be. So for people who are interested, how can they find out more? Um, it'll be on our social media. That's how we get cool. to speak to everyone. Hey, um, which social media platforms do you find the best that you get the biggest outreach from, like the most feedback from people? Um, for, uh, for sales, I think Facebook's great. Um, Facebook advertising is extremely uh, it's very cheap but you get quite a lot out of it and you can be very selective with who your market, your target market is um, but for people understanding brand wise who you are what you're about what you like which direction you're going Instagram is just um, the, the best for that and it's you get you get a really good um, reaction you can judge people's reaction from that so we're going to wrap it up. I just wanted to say thanks to our panellists. So we've got Phoebe Letters, Ted Stanfield and Lottie Anderson. I'm Danielle Rodeutchen from ASOS. Thank you very much for coming. I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.